I was a poor educated high school student. I skipped my classes and I didn't take education seriously. You know, fast forward, I found wait, myself. Wait, wait. You, you skipped class? I skipped class, believe it or not. Yes. What? <laughs> Yo, what? How did, what was it like? Did you just like walk out of school or like, did you just? I ended up turning 18 and, and the, the school policy at that time was you could sign yourself out. So that's what I did. Uh, I believe that was when Halo came out as well. So, you know, we would uh, play Halo and Madden. Welcome back to Beyond the Surface. I'm your host, Ezra Gill, and this is the first episode of Season 2. After taking some time off, we're back and ready to dive deeper into what God has for our lives. Today, I'll be joined by Sean Calderona. Sean is a longtime friend of Ryan and I, and he's a genius at business, marketing, and leadership. Today, we'll be discussing spiritual warfare and how to win the battles we face every day. All right, Sean, welcome to the podcast. We're so pumped to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, what a blessing it is to be here. Um, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, where are you at right now? What does your life kind of look like in the past decade? What was it like moving during COVID-19? What are some of your hobbies? Using the word decade makes me sound old, but 10 years ago, I <laughs> was uh, 23 and in a uh, Marine Corps but I do believe that the Lord used it as a tool to get me on the right path in life. And shortly after I knew I was going to get out, finished my degree, I actually moved out to New Jersey and graduated from Rutgers. Uh, fast forward, you know, I went back to my home state in Michigan. As you just mentioned, I, I just moved during COVID about three months ago to Georgia. And it was um, an unprecedented move. You know, I ended up taking a promotion for work. Uh, the Lord exceeded my expectations there. Uh, imagine you could time travel back to January 2020. You know what's coming up. You know about COVID. You know about craziness that's coming up ahead. And what would you do to prepare yourself? You know, just what would you do differently that you didn't do? It's a great question, Ezra. I think I would focus more on the valuable things in life, you know, family, friends, spending that extra quality time. Try to maximize on the downtime. It's a great opportunity to enjoy family time, maybe spend some more time with your children, uh, take a minute to relax, and maybe this is a great opportunity to restore an area of your life. You say maximize in this down season, but like, I find that kind of a, a, a contradictory, you know, how do you maximize in a down season? For me, my schedule has just been, you know, I wake up now I'm just working from home, uh, doing everything from home, you know, social distancing, Zoom calls, doing this podcast, which is a huge blessing, but my schedule and just my life has just totally dialed back. How do you maximize in the downtime? How do you make the most of this season? And um, for me, I have been working, so that downtime for me is not available. I'm still active on a daily basis. I'm still, you know, visiting clients and I'm still managing employees. But, you know, I think as the word says, it's our job to ask, you know, ask and you shall receive, right? Uh, whether it be self-improvement, it could be spiritual, it could be practical. I mean, look at the podcast, right? So that's something that God's trying to help us uh, realize is that, when we're in an unlikely season, God's going to bring up some unlikely opportunities. Like you said, we have to look for that. I have said this in just about every single episode, but there is gold in every single season that we're in. But we need to be the ones to go searching for it. 
you know, fruit is not developed overnight. It takes time. It takes nourishment. You know, you need the sunlight, good soil. In practical terms, this is a time for us to evaluate our environment internally, especially, you know, what's going on on the inside of us. There is a really great advantage to this. We just have to seek the Lord and, and it's going to look differently for everybody. Just kind of getting into our topic of discussion for tonight, spiritual warfare. Me and Ryan know that uh, this is a subject that you are really passionate about and just hanging out with you. This is something that you've poured into me and educated me so much about, something that I was really kind of unaware of. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. This is coming from the Armor of God passage of Scripture. I'm sure we all remember singing about the Armor of God in elementary school. And For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. You know, how does the term warfare, how should it change the way we, we live our lives? How should it change the way we go about it? It's exactly that, warfare. And it happens because we live in a fallen world, and we have a real enemy. In our modern day, we have a tendency to kind of forget about that. We see social media, and we see what's on the surface. That's all we're seeing is the surface. So when we go beyond that surface, there's spiritual warfare. They might have the nice house, the nice things in life, but you know maybe their marriage is a disaster. Um, there might be a drug or alcohol problem. I like how Ephesians 6.15 follows up with the shoes of peace, because the shoes of peace represent a position of rest. How is it possible that in the middle of war and in the middle of turmoil and in the middle of chaos, God's peace can still be with us and we can still experience rest? You know, let's say you have a health condition and you got a bad diagnosis or the enemy is going to start firing all of these darts and he's going to try to get you to focus on the symptoms. He's going to try to get you to focus on the doctor's report. Our job is to try to stay at peace. It's not easy. It's warfare. Thoughts of condemnation, they'll come in and condemnation is a result of sin. And again, we know that Adam's sin brought death into the world. Jesus came because of him. We know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ if you're a believer. Our job is to focus on the cross. It takes away from self-effort, self-reflection, and we place that on him. God's will for you is to be at peace. Never have we seen in the Gospels that Jesus came up to somebody and said, you know, you're too healthy. Let's give you some leprosy. You're never going to hear that. Right believing leads to right living. But in order to believe right, we have to have the right thoughts. So where do we get those thoughts? They're found in the Bible. You know, and this is where it's critically important for us to build a relationship with the Lord. Just like you and I, Ezra, have a relationship, we communicate, you know, we talk, we spend time. It's no different with the Lord. We have to spend time with Him. How do we do that? We do it in prayer. We do it through reading the Word, you know, attending church. In our modern day culture here, we have all these voices. We have the news, social media, you know, we have have a tendency to distract us from what is true. Facts change. So going back to that medical report, it may be factual that you have a symptom, but facts can change. The truth, which is the word of God, always remains. God wants us to experience his peace always. And this could be in the middle of war. This could be in the middle of of silence. This could be in the middle of craziness. You know, the thing about the world's peace, you have to be in a quiet room. You have to be by yourself. You have to have all your life put together. You can't be dealing with any financial burdens. 
the world's peace is is temporary and it's limited and it's ultimately it's not going to sustain but god's peace you could be in the darkest hour in the loudest room in the middle of all the craziness and still experience his peace you know i really love the story of david the whole thing with david is is he's very practical you know he's cried out to the lord several times and in the same way, you know, we need to cry out, you know, Lord, I'm having a problem with this. You know, I'm having a problem in my marriage. I'm having a problem with this thought. When we call upon the name of the Lord, we're going to be saved. Those of you who know the story of David, he was anointed king, but yet he was hiding and running from Saul. So it seems pretty backwards, right? Like here's this guy, he's been anointed, he's going to be the king of Israel, but yet we see him running to the cave and running from Saul. But this is what we know. So whatever you might be dealing with right now, we know that Romans 8.28 says that all things will work for your good. Before David fought Goliath, he had to face the lion and the bear. So we don't know what is going on in, in the midst of these principalities but we do know we have victory in Jesus. Uh, we do know that sickness is not from the Lord. We do know that he's not going to cause a car accident, cause harm to you so that teach you a lesson. These things are not from the Lord. These teachings that come out are not from the Lord. Uh, it's just not biblical. Sean, I don't know if you're willing to open up to us a little bit. When was a time in your life when warfare became serious. How did you grow from it? What did you learn about God? How did your faith grow? You know, there's several types of spiritual warfare, and I really think it can be found anywhere. We have a tendency to overlook condemnation. When freedom comes into this area of life, it's changing. Condemnation is often a feeling caused by a certain situation. So for example, you might have fear from the pandemic. It's a feeling due to an event. You might have a broken heart from a failed relationship. Maybe you have stress due to a job loss. Or maybe you feel shameful because you have come down with an illness. Have you ever experienced any of this before? Because I know for me, I've, I've had a lot of fear from this pandemic. It's a new experience for everybody. This is a new environment. Again, we have to just stand on the word. So um, I have become a little anxious from it when it first started, but you know, I was going to Psalm 91 and every day before I walked out of my door, I was quoting Psalm 91. You know, I was pleading the blood of Jesus over me. If, if you're out there and you're feeling nervous, you're feeling anxious, it's okay. It doesn't make you any less of a Christian. I would just encourage you to spend more time in the word and continue to understand what the word says about fear. Fear is not from the Lord. Fear is planted in the mind. Condemnation comes from fear, which comes from stress, which comes from sin. Condemnation came into the world because Adam sinned. We live in a world that is full of death and decay, unfortunately. God never designed it to be that way. If we look back into the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they had everything that they needed. The original plan that God had was never for us to experience these types of situations, pandemic, fear, sickness, lack. That was never part of his plan. The good news is, is that when it comes to condemnation, Romans 8.1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation. So again, it comes back to what do you believe? What are you listening to? You're looking around too much. You're looking at the news. You're looking at social media. Instead of going to social media or turning on the news, go to the Word. You know, I've refocused. 
Um, and that's how it starts, you know, so condemnation, it comes in and plants the seed that, you know, if you go out to the grocery store, you're, you're going to get sick, you have done something it might, it might sound like this. The enemy might whisper in your ear. He might say, how can you call yourself a Christian? You just blew it in traffic today. You had a bad thought about that person. Or you hear this voice. You're such a lousy parent. Look at you. You're divorced. You're a failure. You're never going to amount to anything. Meanwhile, you are stressed out to the max because you're focused on self-effort. Our goal as believers is not to focus on the pandemic. It's to focus on the finished work of Christ. That's good. The finished work of Christ says we're covered by the blood of Jesus. And if you happen to fall down with COVID, press in, press in and continue to believe for that healing, a quick recovery. Um, But don't condemn yourself over it. When we're experiencing these thoughts, because I experience them almost every single day, like insecure thoughts like, oh, how can you call yourself a Christian? Or why are you still dealing with this sin? Or I think it's just important that we stop and think, wait, where is this thought coming from? Because it's not from God's word. It's not coming from me. Is, is there somebody else here? Is, is there an enemy who is whispering lies into us? Who's, who's trying to change the way we think? Who's trying to Absolutely. ruin our day? Stop him right there because the Bible says that we have overcome the enemy. Amen. My battle with condemnation started a long time ago, and it was about fear of failure in creating a self-image. It was actually ongoing, and the enemy still tries to fire those darts through my thoughts. If he can not take you to hell because you're saved, you know, you've accepted Christ, he wants to make you miserable, and he's not going to give up. And that might be the reason why you have the thought, well, you know, why is so-and-so always content? Well, first of all, they're not always content or at peace, but maybe they're not a believer. So the enemy's not really worried about them. Ezra, you know that I've been very passionate now about physical fitness, for example. There was a time in my life where I was in the gym six, seven days a week. As life happened, as I transitioned through college and my career started to expand, you've got to make sacrifices in life sometimes. I'd just like to say that uh, most people uh, sacrificing the gym is absolutely no problem to them at all. (laughs) So I think that's a good problem to have. And it shows that you are taking care of the body that God's given you. So, But really what I'm saying here is I was so indulged with myself. You know, I wanted to achieve a certain look. And this began to spill over into my, my, my thoughts. You know, and the enemy was using physical fitness working out as actually a tool against me. When that was brought to my attention, I was like, wait a minute. I said, but working out is healthy, you know, and we can sit here and have the right diet. We can, you know, work out, we can be runners, but you know, everything that we have on this earth is man-made. And I think it's really important to place our trust in the Lord. Again, it goes back to the Lord. These things are man-made. The gym is man-made. The idea is man-made. While we can enjoy those things and exercise, our trust should not be in them. And that's the key. I was placing my trust in the gym. I was placing my trust in a diet and, you know, it it really began to peel off. Now I'm at a point where I'm exercising, but it's not to the point where it's overtaking who I am. You know, secondly, the battle of fear of failure. I didn't understand the value of a dollar when I grew up. I was a poor educated high school student. I skipped my classes and I didn't take education seriously. You know, fast forward, I found wait, myself. Wait, wait. You, you skipped class? 
I skipped class, believe it or not. Yes. What? <laughs> Yo, what is the heck? How did how did you like skip like what was it like? Did you just like walk out of school or like did you just how did you get away with that? Well, as a you know, I was very arrogant as uh, a teenager. I know it may be hard to believe, but I was and you know, I remember the day Mr. Mallard came to me and he actually threatened to kick me out and he was talking about expelling me um, because I was skipping school. So what happened is I looked at him and being very condescending, I said, what happens when I turn 18 and I can sign myself out? I ended up turning 18 and in the, the school policy at that time was you could sign yourself out. So that's what I did. And, you know, I would go to the movies and do things that I shouldn't have been doing. Uh, I believe that was when Halo came out as well. So, you know, we would uh, play Halo and, uh, you know, Madden then as well. And um, yeah, so ironically, the the class I used to skip was Spanish class. Now that I'm in a, a metropolitan area, so I work with a lot of the Spanish community and it's, it's kind of like a heavenly wink because now I don't know Spanish. You just never know. Again, you never know what the Lord has in store for you. So, um, so I went into the Marine Corps. You know, During this time, the Lord used this as a tool to get me on the right path. I still did not live accordingly. I was raised in church, but I wasn't living accordingly. You know, The relationship with the Lord towards the later part of my military career where condemnation was really setting in and I was just making a lot of bad mistakes. You know, I, I would read now and then, but I didn't really fully understand. When you understand grace, it's like, this is too good to be true. And the fact is, it is. The truth is, is that it is too good to be true. That's the finished work of Jesus, you know. As time went on and I transitioned to college and the enemy continued to fire these darts at me of failure, you know, oh, you're going to college late. You're never going to be able to pick up the slack here. Look at where your peers are, where the students you went to high school with, your friends, you know, some of them are MDs and lawyers. And my thought process was focused again on me instead of focusing on the promises of the Lord. And as I continued to build this relationship with the Lord, things started happening. This takes time. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health. So we know that the Lord wants us prosperous. We know that he wants us in good health. My journey was like a roller coaster ride. And it was, there was a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of hard lessons learned, unfortunately. But I'm so glad I am where I am now. And I just took this promotion down here and the Lord has blessed me. I am such a product of grace. I cannot take any credit for it. And I'm just so grateful for that. And that is all done through grace. So what I've done is I've taken the focus off me and I've just really surrendered everything to the Lord. If the enemy, because the enemy knows that you're going to heaven, he can't stop you. You've accepted Jesus as your savior. You have salvation. You're all good on that front. But the enemy's still going to do whatever he possibly can to make your life miserable. He's going to target believers. But man, God wants us to, to win in life. God writes in his word that he wants us to be more than conquerors. You know, it, I think uh, this life is so much more than just salvation. What does winning a spiritual battle mean to you? What does it kind of that journey look like? You know, yeah, you got saved. Great. I still, I'm still dealing with unemployment or I'm still struggling with hunger or my family is still a broken mess. You know, what then? 
I basically came to a point where the Lord allowed me, okay, and I'm saying this very mildly, and I hope that the audience, you know, I hope that you don't take this out of context. You know, the Lord allowed me to be in my cave, right? And my cave was just frustration. Uh, I basically came to a point where I said, I'm done being the enemy's punching bag. Nowadays, we have the mindset that we have to roll with these punches. I have been the worst at this. I have rolled with the punches for way too long. I like how Hosea 4.6 says it. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. This is kind of how I would say it from a leadership standpoint. I can't fix what I don't know. So the only way to know what we're entitled to, the only way to find out what is in our arsenal here on how to fight back when it comes to spiritual warfare is to gain knowledge. So if you're dealing with a symptom in your body, find out what the Lord says about that. Um, there's going to be a battle. Spiritual warfare looks different for everybody. You know, last year I, I went through um, a very shocking and emotional time. And in the future, we can dive a little bit more into it. But you know, I had basal cell removed from my face, which for those of you that don't know, it's a skin cancer. And I was in complete shock of that. Um, there's no way that I could have prepared for it. You know, I've been through some of the most rigorous training there is on earth in the Marine Corps, but the enemy is going to try to take you out. There's just no way around it. The enemy will try to condemn you. And he tried to do this for me. And, you know, I'm really thankful for my Christian friends. Find some Christian friends, you know, get plugged in. When churches start to reopen, iron sharpens iron. And, you know, I had the opportunity to talk to my friend about it. And the enemy was trying to condemn me because I said, well, you know, if I go and get this procedure done uh, for the removal, I'm less of a Christian. The enemy was using me going to the doctor against me by saying that, well, you don't have the faith to be healed. Wow. I mean, can you believe that? You know, this is, this is spiritual warfare. Like, so like the, the thoughts are just crazy. You know, it's like, like, man, like only the enemy. And you know, my friend, he said to me, he said, Sean, he said, you know, the, the word says to surround ourselves with wise counsel. That's biblical. And I said, wow, you're so right. You see, so just that scripture, just that conversation pulled me out of that thought of condemnation Let's say someone's listening right now. Maybe they've been laid off. A relationship has been tested lately due to the, the distancing. They're just having family troubles. One of their family members received a bad doctor's report. Maybe they've tested positive for COVID-19 and need to go on with the emotions and the practices that come with that. All sorts of that. Maybe they're dealing with mental problems. They're, they're actually having real panic attacks. Sean, what do you think? What are some spiritual practices that they absolutely need to do to win this spiritual battle? That's a great question. You know, and I think Albert Einstein said this the best. He said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We have to get radical in our faith. So I'd like to just share five keys to winning the battle that I've done in my life. So number one is confront the conflict. If you're out there, get a hold of messages and scriptures that are about the finished work of Christ. Number two is request revelation. As believers, we are the righteousness of God in Christ, and understanding and believing this is a game changer. Uh, this takes the focus off of us, whatever your problem is. If you're sick, see that symptom on Jesus at the cross, cancer on Jesus at the cross. Jesus was stripped poor so that we could be fully supplied. If you're in a job loss right now, if you're dealing with lack, 
Jesus took poverty at the cross for you and I. Number three is grab onto grace. Romans 5.20 says, where sin abound, grace abound much more. The word sin here is also the word failure. When we fail, condemnation tries to come in, but where you failed, there's grace. So have you failed as a spouse? There's grace. Number four is rest in redemption. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Jesus is our wisdom, righteousness, holiness, and redemption. We don't have to do life on our own. Uh, Law is me doing, but when we are working, God is not. Number five is right relationship. A lot of people say it's not about what you know, but who you know. I like how the NLT says it, Romans 5.18. Yes, Adam's sin brings condemnation. Notice it's not you or me, it's Adam. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings right relationship with God. Engage daily to build on the relationship Jesus purchased for you. Hebrews 4.16 says it like this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube to catch the next episode. If this was encouraging to you, we'd love it if you shared this on your socials. We'll see you guys later for the next episode of Beyond the Surface.